The Money Show. Shapeshifters. As a former spur waiter, I get a little dry mouthed, a little apprehensive when the boss is around. I recall doing this when I was a waiter and the three days running up to, uh, in those days, it was Alan Amble coming to visit and he would come into the spur and the place would be shinier than a new pin because we'd been scrubbing and cleaning for no extra money, by the way. For three days, waiting for his arrival. Val Nikas, I think you're the third boss at Spur in 55 years, Val. First, Alan uh, ran it and then was executive chairman for a while. And then, of course, the late Pierre van Tonder. And then you came in. Are you only the third person to run it in 55 years? And I, I think, um, hi, Bruce, you do make me laugh because everyone you talk to in South Africa has been away at Spur at some stage. Of course. Um, no, there was actually another CEO, um, Gert Topad, I think. I think there was okay. one more. Well, still, four, not, in, uh, four in 55 uh, years. I mean, that's not a huge churn of executives. Um, and um, Alan Ambord, like many founders, very actively involved until fairly recently, if, if, if I understand correctly. Uh, yes, um, I think um, I think it was around about 2018, 2019, mm. that, uh, 2018 or 2017 that he exited. He, he doesn't, um, yes, it doesn't so pick up the phone and say, Val, I've been, I've been keeping an eye on the stores and you need to do this, that and the next thing. Is he that kind of founder or has he managed no, to butt out? No, not at all. Uh, we respect him as our founder and we do admire uh, what he built over the years. Uh, every now and again, I do get an email, especially when he launched his book. Um, sometimes he still does pop into the stores, but um, uh, no, not not regular contact. And then Pierre Fantonda, sadly, I mean, he, he left in 2020. He'd been in the business for 39 years, 24 of those in charge. And uh, all the textbooks, I suppose, will tell you that that's too long. And I, I wonder what sort of business you've inherited, um, uh, you know, with the well, quite fixed mindsets, I would guess, in terms of the way in which the business has evolved over the years. Um, Bruce, I think um, like any business that you take over, you know, you're going to inherit a lot of qualities and a lot of experience. Um, and then you're going to be faced with challenges where people struggle with change or perhaps a bit later in adopting change. Um, so I think what was quite unique about the time that I started with Spur um, is that we were in a different market condition. So my first day of running Spur was behind my computer in a virtual <laughs> office. <laughs> exactly. um, so I think, um, I think that was the, really the challenge um, that we were all faced with. There was a different market dynamic. There was a different work-life balance. Um, and then there were all the changes that the corporation was going through, you know, in terms of leadership changes, market conditions, franchisees under pressure because of the COVID lockdowns. Um, so I think that was probably more key. Um, I must say it's incredible how over time, and if you just have the right intention and the right focus, how things start changing, people start seeing the bigger picture, the vision. Um, I can sense it in the organization. Um, late last year in November, we ran a culture survey, um, and not all the results were good in different regions and different pockets. Um, and I must say, um, coming through almost a year now again, um, the, the changes are phenomenal. We've, we've got uh, good support from the team. We've got some stragglers like you'll always have, and we've lost some good people and we've lost some not so good people. Um, but, um, I think we, we all sort of aligned at the moment or most of us are aligned. So it's been good.
Did you start negotiating for the job before COVID happened and then you were kind of committed to it so you took it anyway? Or was COVID already in full swing when you when you took over? Uh, COVID, um, I was actually approached uh, during COVID and um, and you I still took the job. Before. You still changed jobs into that environment. <laughs> it was quite funny because I was like in this like stay at home mode, and I got a call, and someone asked me, "Are you retired on a beach in Greece?" I said, "Are you crazy? I'm trying to hold my business together because obviously a lot of our projects had gone on hold, and there were many changes. Um, and without um, our chairman telling me what the brand was about three weeks before that I'd actually sent uh, Pierre a message because he had uh, retired. I sent him a message on LinkedIn, just wishing him well, obviously new Pierre in the industry. Um, and then Mark said, um, how would you like to run a franchise of about 500 restaurants? And I knew it was Spur. And I said, what's Spur? <laughs> I said, okay, well, let's talk. Um, yeah, so it was, I was really keen, um, only because he said a few things which um, inspired me. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, I think about two weeks before or even a week before, um, uh, George Bezos had uh, died. You remember the lawyer? Yes, of course. Our day. And we, we, watched, we would never forget, yes. Forget, of course. And I'd watched his funeral. Obviously, I'm also Greek Orthodox, but I'd watched his funeral um, at home. And I just sort of admired what he's done and a lot of the things he did that no one knew about, but he always gave back and, and just incredible um, individual. And Mark said one word to me. He said... Um, would you like to be part of the transformation journey of Spur Corp? And I thought, you know, at the stage I am in my career, um, I don't think I'd want to do any work that didn't have a bigger purpose. And it was that word, actually, that triggered something in me that said, actually, I wouldn't mind doing some good stuff before I end my sort of corporate career. Um, so that was what triggered it. Um, and then, obviously, we went through the process of being interviewed and eventually said yes. The Mike you refer to, of course, is Mike Bosman, um, who took yeah. over from Alan, Alan Ambor. Because, you know, it's a, it's a bit like Hollywood when you go, well, you know, Adele was there and Beyonce came. Uh, you know, in business circles, people are like, Mike, everyone knows who Mike is. No, there are lots of Mikes. No, but now we know. Um, and you took over at a really, really rough time um, in terms of the environment in which you were, you came into. Um, what was it like going into that environment? You're a new broom. You've come from rivals. You'd worked previously. Um, you were in 1999. You were marketing director of Debonairs. You were, went to run Wimpy for a while, then Steers. And, and then you headed all the QSR brands. Essentially, you were a competitor who'd come into, into the fold, a bit like the wolf entering the crawl. <laughs> so, Bruce, uh, the first thing that's quite interesting, um, through my whole career, I always said, now, I work for this brand. I'll never work for a competitor. <laughs> and um, obviously, I had the eight-year gap between my corporate life at Famous Brands and um, my consulting before I, I joined Spur. Um, so, it, it did feel a bit odd initially uh, because I knew Spur, uh, I knew Spur Corp, and I always admired Spur as a brand. Um, I think they were always just a formidable leader in the category, even in the years that I was more in QSR. Um, 
But, you know, I thought I needed the opportunity. It was presented. They say when good things come your way, um, you must take them as blessings. So I took that approach. Um, and when I came in, um, no, I don't think they thought that. I think they were feeling quite tender. You know, we were in COVID. We then soon after that, obviously, we had the passing of Pierre, which did have an, a ripple effect on the organization. Sure, um, so I just try to gather the leadership, um, set the scene, set the direction, get them involved. Um, you know, I tried the best I could um, and with a bit of, you know, transparency, trying to get them involved. Um, and I must say, we, we sort of bought into the direction. Um, I think we remain focused. We had our challenges along the way. They absolutely have been and there are challenges still. Um but yeah, no, no, yeah, maybe some people thought, um, because obviously Christina Tashira joined me, um, a month later, who's our CFO. So we did have in the beginning a little bit of talk about, you know, the two oh, ladies. It's always the case. Two. Always the case. Yeah. They're yeah. coming in, taking but, over. Um, but I think, I think the team know that we actually still real people. <laughs> and, Gonna be serving uh, quiche burgers at Spur. It's the end of the line. Um, and all of that sort of stuff. I can imagine. You, you even worked at Nando's at one point. Um, I actually consulted to Nando's okay. uh, for over a year. I worked closely with Josie McKenzie, Josie McKenzie and also Robbie Brosen, who I admire a lot. Um, and R- Robbie eventually, eventually said, no more consulting fees, come and work for us. But then at the time, I was also offered something with um, famous brands. So I went to the Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> but and you, yeah, I mean, when you made that, when you look back at that, was that a good decision in retrospect? Because so, so often we make career decisions that we kind of go, was it the right call at that time? Because Nando's, of course, has gone big and global and um, Famous Brands has been a remarkable success story in South Africa, less successful elsewhere. Do you think you missed a trip? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not uh, not with that move. I have in my career sometimes thought, because generally I've been approached, um, I've been quite blessed uh, not having to look for a job. I think uh, the only time I wrote to someone for a job, I always loved uh, Jane Raffaele in the magazines, and I'd written <laughs> her a letter. And I was really young. I mean, I found the letter one day when I was sorting out my files. I mean, it was so amateur, but I, I think I was probably about 20 years old. And I wrote and I said, I love your magazines and have you got a job for me? But it's got to be, sorry, it's got to be in Johannesburg. I can't move to Cape Town. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I have sometimes thought, have I moved too soon? Like, you know, I had a wonderful career at Rich Products Corporation. I worked for a wonderful uh, man who passed away, uh, Evan Pullos, uh, one of the partners. And um, sometimes I thought, did mm, I leave a bit soon there? But um, I think things work out for reasons and timing is uh, always meticulous. Um, so, no, um, I didn't regret um, not going to Nando's or not taking up an offer there. Um, I had a wonderful career at Famous Brands. Um, in fact, I worked for, um, what's his name? Kevin Hedwig. Oh, gone blank. There we go. That's no, right. the Debonair's Oh, okay. Oh, because Devin is Craig, a Dem- Craig, Craig yeah. McKenzie. Craig McKenzie. I worked with him for a year before he sold, obviously sold out yeah. to famous brands. And but isn't that De- um, the Debonair story is one that doesn't get told enough? Um, and you know, it is students in Peter Maritzburg, I think it was at the time, um, yeah. out of a garage making pizzas. How do you stand out? Well, you wear a tux and you deliver your pizzas um, in your tux, and it, it went from a bit of a laugh. A famous brands bought into the business of Debonair's, and Craig sold out, of course, but. Um, 
um, you know, it, it's just, you know, we need more of those sorts of stories of people taking a chance, thinking differently about the world and really grappling with um, the, the, the idea of starting a business. And look at Debonair's today. It's practically everywhere. Yes. And I think if I look at the Spur history, because I mean, the Spur, actually, if you think of the original Spur in the early days and even the last few decades, um, Spur was really ahead of its curve in terms of themed restaurants. Um, you know, that wasn't what you really saw around. Um, and I think, um, they really set the pace for, um, an environment where families can really have an adventure and have a, a good dining experience. But if I take, um, Rock and Mama's probably is a lovely example of where there's been innovation, um, entering a very competitive burger category and yet, uh, setting themselves apart with a value proposition that was different, the smash burger, the order your, you know, build your own burger. Um, so I think that's also a great example and hopefully it will, um, get up to the numbers of those big players as well one day. Uh, when you look at the the business of Spur Corporation, and there are multiple brands within Spur, I mean, most people wouldn't know. Um, I, I don't. I think I've only ever seen one John Dory's ever somewhere in four ways. Um, could yeah, I think somewhere. Um, so John Dory's isn't huge, um, but you've got a pizza franchise. You've got small sit down restaurants. You've got a Greek themed restaurant as well, which I was delighted to see still is on the list of restaurants that have survived COVID. Um, what is what is the big strategy here, Val? I mean, is, is Spur still sixty percent? of the overall business um, is that the, the, the key driver yes um, yes so Spur look uh, we see Spur as obviously our foundation brand our mother brand we've got great respect for um, the Spur brand um, and we protect it very well you know if there's cost cutting we don't touch that brand we just uh, support it all the way um, so very key to us, and a lot of our learning has come from the Spur brand. Obviously, Rockamamas is now second place in terms of contribution and turnover levels, uh, with a close third being uh, Panerotti's. Um, so if we look at our strategy, which is um, uh, building brands that lead the experience, uh, we believe that we do drive experiential dining. So if you look at the birthday celebrations at Spur, the sizzling of the ribs, the steaks, etc. Um, if you look at Rock and Mama's Build Your Own, Smash the Burger, we've got lovely aspects of customer experience coming through in all our brands. So that's really our plan to continue to dominate in the casual dining sector as experts in the experiential side of dining. Obviously, um, as we've moved to more convenience channels, um, and obviously Rockamamas plays in a more fast, casual environment, we know that we build in our muscle around those channels. Um, so if we look at our portfolio strategy, um, it's really to keep the leadership uh, role in those leading brands, to refine some of those that perhaps aren't um, number one in their category. And we've got some wonderful strategies. I don't know if you know, but we launched a new generation Panerotti is a trial site in the Val Mall and that's performing well and we're busy now with the rollout plan of revamping those stores and setting a new positioning for that brand uh, because there still are a lot of consumers who want to eat pizza outside of a box um, and then um, yes and then our speciality category um, you know we've got three brands in that portfolio obviously a great brand being um, the Hussar Grill 
led by a strong team. Um, Hassar Grill, we've got 22 stores and quite a few in the pipeline at the moment. So that's it, sort it, of it's the so, crown. It's our- so interesting, isn't it? I mean, yeah, the, 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 the steakhouse is a South African staple and Spur doesn't really address that. Yes, it does steak, but it's not a steakhouse. Um, and the steakhouse, I don't, you know, I've been to steakhouses in New York and I've been to steakhouses in Boston, the very smart posh steakhouses. The steakhouse concept in South Africa is remarkably robust and resilient and being able to get a franchise concept actually going is, is, is pretty admirable. How, from 22, how high can you go, do you think? Um, yeah, interesting what you say about the steakhouse, uh, because Spur is a steak ranch. I mean, if you think of it, that's where how it all started. Um, and Hassar Grill, we see more as a sort of a more upmarket grill house. Um, but I think it points to the direction of what consumers love in South Africa. So if you think of Chizanyama in more informal environments, um, if you look at the love for meat, the love for chicken, um, so all of it is around just beautifully grilled and basted protein and all the sides that come with it. So um, so I can understand why there's still an appeal and why Spur is just so enticing still for the consumer. Um, so, and funny enough, there aren't many direct competitors of that nature. So people have tried themed and they've tried, you know, Italian and all the wonderful concepts that we see around seafood, etc. cetera. Um, but n- not many entrepreneurial franchises have emerged around um, steak, if you think of it. Yes, we had some of the older ones, Squires, Loft, and all of those, uh, but not in recent years. You know, recent years we've seen, obviously, the growth in QSR because the market has demanded that. Burgers, I think, will always be big. Um, so that's a lovely space to play in because, um, you know, there's competition but not direct competition. So, um, just what was your question about the size? No, no. How big, how big do you think it can get? I mean, every concept has got its limitations. Tasha's told us, uh, and Tasha Sidra's told us, it'll be twenty uh, Tashas in South Africa, and I think she's on eighteen or nineteen. Um, uh, you know, you've got a sense of how big the market is that you can exploit. Yeah, yes. Um, and look, I mean, without um, sort of revealing our um, growth Secrets. plans to the competitors, um, we we sort of um, look at a two to three year plan in terms of our expansion plans and our footprint. Uh, we don't try and force it. So we don't set a goal saying there will be 40 stores. We try and rather allow to evolve. Um, and look at markets that uh, we can place our concepts in, um, try and look at really uh, refined site selection strategies. Uh, we've had quite a lot of experience and failures of putting a restaurant in the wrong place because we want to try and push numbers. We try not to do that. We're trying to learn from that and rather choose the site selectively, choose the franchise partner carefully, um, so that we have minimum um, closures. Um, so in terms of numbers, um, I think I, I said this a few years ago, and yet there are some big number chains at the moment. Um, I wasn't convinced that we're going into an era where you're going to see large number chains anymore. You know, so if you look worldwide, they're the big numbers and obviously the big players and there are some here in South Africa as well. But I think we're probably going to be leaning more to medium sized chains, more bespoke, unique, um, concepts. I don't know if we're going to have the thousand 
number chains or 500. I don't know okay. if we're going to see many or more of those. No, and that's South a good Africa. thing. I mean, you know, chains are good, but uh, there's excess. There's too much. Too many Starbucks in the world. Too many McDonald's in the world, for example. Um, hypothetically, some people may say. Um, so what do you see then? I mean, do you bring, have you got new concepts in the wings that you're looking to introduce? Are you happy with your portfolio as it sits at the moment? What is, what is your strategy for this business? Okay, well, so within um, within our brands, we obviously are driving innovation quite heavily. Um, we've set up a new process internally. We've put some leaders in in terms of driving innovation. So you're probably going to see quite a lot of innovation within our brands first, and I'll talk about the second um, option. So, for example, um, you might not have seen it yet because it's obviously a virtual brand. So unless you shop in it, you won't know it, um, and that's the interesting thing about these virtual brands I'm calling them the undercover brands at the moment <laughs> uh, we launched a brand called Just Wings which is produced uh, by the Spur franchise partners um, and um, that's a wonderful innovation because it's saying there's a market out there that wants to select a brand that perhaps isn't a conventional brand, a brand that offers delicious food and great value. Um, and we've had fantastic traction. We've and got there's, just and there's no second guessing what it does, is there? Oh, no, not at all. And that, isn't that wonderful? We were actually it talking is. about that the other day at work saying, um, you know, why do we give these brands names that people have to guess what the product is? <laughs> Make it exactly. easy for consumers. But, um, yeah, so that's the, there's a lot of innovation happening within our brands, Got which you. is wonderful. Um, and then, uh, yes, we are, we do have a growth strategy, which, we sort of overlay by looking at um, what channels aren't we in or what do we need to amplify, what categories aren't we in, what opportunities are there, uh, what's happening with the consumer front, uh, because we've got quite a big drive around growing okay. our customer base, uh, wonderful stuff. And, Good. Um, um, Val, I'm, I'm delighted. I mean, we need growth stories. We need people to invest. We need people to expand and we need optimism. And I think we've got that in spades. Val Nekas, we must leave it there. I'm sorry to cut you short, but thank you very much for joining us this evening. Group Chief Executive at Spur Corporation. Only the fourth in 55 years.